It's a little exciting when the children are fighting, but they've got to abide by the playground rules. Welcome back to Playground Rules. I'm here with my very good friend, Arik. How's it going? Good, Arik. You sound like you're on a phone. Are you traveling right now? <laughs> as, as we alluded to last episode, I am on my way from uh, nowhere to nowhere. No, I'm on my way from Richmond, Virginia to Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm pulled over somewhere, Atkins, Virginia. Those of you loyal Atkins listeners, shout out to you. I'm at the Circle K in your delightful town. It's very pretty here, actually. You're literally pulled over in the side of the road with your fiance patiently sitting in by the car. Your side. Yeah. I that's, know. She's the best. Yeah. It's real here, commitment. Supporting. Yeah, supporting our show. Well, uh, thank yeah, Herbert, you, Daria. Uh, I was near your... <laughs> Herb said thank you to you. I was near your home earlier, like, or I don't know. I was in your ne- your home neck of the woods earlier this, like, last week mm-hmm. uh, when we were in Providence, Rhode Island, and it is super nice there. Yeah, it's like the time where all the leaves are changing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, you definitely uh, want to go back. It really is God's country up there in this time of year. It's <laughs> just beautiful. I, I really... It's, it's great. It's the part of New England that I miss the most is the fall. That yeah. and all the good Italian yeah. food. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> it is better. <laughs> have you been able to watch any games since you've been on the road? Uh, no, but I've um, not really. It's been pretty whirlwindy. But I've been, uh, you know, obviously keeping up with the scores and the stories and stuff. We had a very um, exciting night in the NBA uh, yesterday. LeBron scoring fifty-seven points. Yeah, I saw My gosh. that. For oldest player to do that in like fifteen years, something like that. Yeah, or fifty years. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a long time. And when you look at players in their 15th year, which kind of skews a little bit because he came out of uh, high school, it gets even crazier. I don't think, uh, I think like besides Kobe's 60 in his final game, I think the next Which is like, can we just acknowledge that Kobe's 60 in his final game is one of the most soft 60s of all time? Yeah, there's a huge asterisk around that. I mean, that was just basically pass the ball to Kobe and just Yeah, that was the Russell Westbrook treatment for one night. Yeah, yeah, but it was still fun. (laughs) I remember watching that and thinking it was, I was entertained. Yeah, also, uh, the Celtics right. came. The, the... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, please. I was going to say the uh, Celtics' eighteen-point uh, comeback game was also quite exciting. This was over the Wiz. The what Thunder. This? Thunder. That's right. They Sorry. were down by eighteen going into the uh, second half, and they came back. It was really amazing. It was like the uh, the teams switched bodies at halftime like the thunder were absolutely stifling defensively for the uh, entire mm-hmm. first half and then uh then the opposite happened it was just really a lot of fun well, that sounds great to me yeah. uh the 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 celtics are you know they're fun to to root for this season again because of the um sort of troubles they've had right the the unfortunateness yeah the hayward injury yeah yeah they're yeah they're... Oh, you end up winning a seven they are a fun team to root for. Um, you know, we this is kind of like a quick hit, but this is sort of a, a atypical episode with Arik on the road, so I'm just going to mention this now. It seems like every road game that Kyrie plays right now, he's getting booed, and I don't really understand <laughs> it. <laughs> I, You know, we're in this, like, weird hot take time now uh-huh. where, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Like, does Isaiah get booed when he comes back? Like, what... What we went from like okay yeah you boo LeBron because he he chose to leave you know your team or you mm-hmm. boo 
uh, Durant. Okay, I get that. But what, what? What? Are you booing Kyrie? Why are you booing Kyrie? Well, in, he did in, request in a trade, and maybe people think that that's uh, just as bad as like signing with another team and being disloyal. But it seems like if you're, I don't know, if you're even a casual, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're even a casual basketball fan, you have to look at the situation he was in and appreciate it looked like he was just trying to get ahead of everything and not have to deal with uh all this stuff when lebron left yeah i think folks out there should think about what would how they would feel if they had to stay at their job uh for a you know unspecified amount of time or i guess specified but a long years of time because they you know signed a contract at one point and then everything about the company changed right the yeah the the management changed the culture changed the players changed but you can't leave because you made a good faith decision that was not being acted on in good faith by the other side, right? Yeah. What would you do in that situation? You try to get. Yeah, out I think it. most people would feel like oh, I'm getting the hell out of here, and how dare you tell me I can't? You know. So, so I think that I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying I would have done what Kyrie did, but you know, I'm not in that locker room. I don't know what it felt like to have the GM, you know, fired uh, after he took you to three finals. Uh, you know, I mean, by all accounts, he was kind of st- uh, chafing under the, the weight. And to be honest with you, I mean, given what he's been doing for the Celtics and how bad the Cavs have been without him, I think he did deserve more credit than he was getting. Yeah, I think he certainly deserved the opportunity that he wanted to be a part of a different type of team. I think it's overstated that he wanted his own team and he wanted to lead. Um I think he just wanted to be in a more system-based offense rather than kind of follow LeBron's lead and then try to score the LeBron a whole lot when LeBron is off the off the court. Yeah, the yeah. LeBron the LeBron fence. LeBron fence. Yeah, it's it's just like you know. I mean, we'll see what happens if you know. Do Paul George and uh, Carmelo Anthony want to stay with Russell Russell Westbrook? I mean, I I think you know obviously LeBron James is by far the best player in basketball. He's a phenom talent he's incredible but i mean is he fun for Kyrie to play with i don't know i mean maybe at first and then eventually maybe he's just like you know i'd really rather have more structure here whatever you know yeah i think some people just prefer to be in a basketball democracy you know the celtics they don't have a captain they try to really preach uh they want everyone to feel ownership and they want everyone to feel like they have a hand in the destiny of a team and you know when you play with lebron you're playing on lebron's team and uh i i think there's something to be said for either system, but I can only understand, I can completely understand why a, uh, an ambitious and thoughtful guy like Kyrie Irving wants to try something different. And, you know, I don't think the Celtics are going to have the, the best record in the league uh, at the no. end of the year, which they do have right now, which is crazy. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, I think they're certainly uh, coming together a little more quickly than I thought they would, given everything that's going on. It's pretty exciting. But the whole reason I brought this up is I don't know why the heck anyone would boo the poor guy it seemed like he did everything kind of above board and respectfully so i don't really i don't get it if you want to boo him in cleveland that i get the what if you're in orlando or yeah. indiana well, milwaukee or, and what, philadelphia don't, they're yeah just don't booing him boo. every time he touches the ball like what's don't boo problem? Kyrie Irving. that makes no sense uh, 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 uh. the playground rules says no so uh <laughs> yeah playground rules is anti-booing Kyrie Irving. <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're unless you're cleveland yeah, unless you're Cleveland or, you know, there are reasons and then it's fun. It's part of the game. There are exceptions. Come on, people. If you're Oklahoma like... City and Kevin Durant is playing there, boo him, call him, uh, what do they call him that makes him so upset? Snowflake or... Oh, yeah. I can't remember if that's the alt-right 
criticism or what they call uh, Kevin Durant uh, in OKC. It might maybe be it might be both. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and if you're from Seattle, you can boo the Thunder no matter where they're playing. At. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so anyway, moving on. Um, every single basketball podcast on the planet has been talking about uh, the Orlando Magic this week, and we're trying to be a little bit different. But I do feel obligated to bring them up. I, I, I mean, I think one of our mo's is trying to identify what all the uh, over talked about things are, and just not really bringing it on this podcast. Because it's, yeah. it's almost comical. Like two weeks ago, it was uh, it was everyone talking about Giannis and how great he looks, and he does look really good. And then this week, it's everyone's talking about the Orlando Magic and ooh, is this is this fool's gold or is this actually a a, a much improved team? Um, and I only want to bring them up because at the uh, on, in our inaugural podcast, we talked about which teams we thought were going to be the most boring to watch. And I said it was going to be Orlando Magic, and I was—I'm happy to admit when I'm wrong, and I was very, very wrong. The uh, they're an entertaining team; they've had some really good wins, and you kind of see a, a system and a structure that that works for them. And I mean, I think—I don't think they're going to be one of the best teams in the league this year, but I think they're certainly capable of making the playoffs. Uh, you know, it's—I think it's very early, but six and three, and they've had some good wins against some real teams. They lost badly against uh, Chicago the other night yeah. uh, who are awful. I mean, I think that, you know, they're a young team, so they're going to they're gonna get – I think they're one of those teams where they're going to play really well against really good teams and probably fairly poorly against bad teams because mm-hmm. they don't have the consistency night in and night out to care. But, um, but we'll see. Uh, it's certainly very exciting. Uh, you know, they've been bad forever. And, uh, and so – and I like some of those players. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to see that they were not – the uh the the train wreck we assumed they would be yeah i'd completely forgotten that they got jonathan simmons who was really good for the spurs um that's right and he's been playing really well for them i like jonathan simmons a lot yeah uh they've you know they've really put together a weird roster and i i need to spend more time with them to be honest with you um you know they were not in my initial interest level for league packs pass for them was low as was yours so i need yeah. to put a little more time in with them um, All right, well, Orlando, you're on our radar. Watch out. You're in the uh, watch out playground rules for. targets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have two two stories I want to talk about this this week, Herb. Okay, what's your first one? My first one is just a real quick one, just to point out that the, the ongoing saga of, of Andre Drummond being really good at free throws this season. Uh, mm-hmm. On Friday night, he against the Bucks, he sank 14 of 16. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, and so if that's, that's as guard. we said on... As we said last time, if that's uh, if that's real, he becomes a completely different player, much more valuable, and the ceiling of the uh, of the Pistons is significantly higher. So it's another team say... that, at first blush, looks really good. They've they've had some yeah, great wins. Yeah, beating the Warriors on the road. Um, yep. Yeah, they're uh, they're pretty exciting too. I love Andre Drummond. I love Avery Bradley. I like seeing Pan Gundy. We've we've talked about them on the podcast in the past, but yeah, that that. Drummond free throw thing can be a huge difference maker. Um, yeah. And yeah, so, so keep far, it up, so Andre. good. Uh, the other story I wanted to talk about was this ongoing, it's a little bit, you know, whatever, but the, the, uh, the what Mark Cuban said about what Draymond Green said about what the Tennessee Titans owner said about the thing, a thing, thing, thing. You know what I'm talking about? Are you talking about the inmates running the... Inmates, yeah. yeah. So for those of you who don't know, one of the NFL owners uh, said about the ongoing protests we don't Houston's want the owner, right? in, 
uh, was it Houston or was it or was it Tennessee? It was Houston, yeah. So Houston Texans owner Bob McNair said, I, I, I can't have the inmates running the prison, which is a pretty insensitive thing to say when you're uh, the a chairperson of a uh, football team primarily staffed by, by black men in a country where black men are overwhelmingly overrepresented in our prison system. Yeah. So even though Not I to have mention no with idea all what... the other controversies going on with the NFL right now, it's just a really, Absolutely. really poorly chosen analogy. Yeah, whether he was trying to be offensive or, try, or just being an idiot or whether it was revealing that his heart really feels or any of those things, it's a really stupid choice of words and really, really ill, ill thought and conceived. Um, and of course, there's been quite a backlash. And one of the people to backlash was uh, Draymond Green, who is no stranger to being outspoken, which is great. And he says that he said that um, one of the things he said, along with that he would not play for the text, uh, the, the Houston uh, team, was that he said, for starters, let's stop using the word owner and maybe use the word chairman to be owned by someone just sets a bad precedent to start. It sets the wrong tone. It gives one the wrong mindset to which uh, uh, Mark Cuban, Dallas Mavericks own, uh, owner, said that uh, while he agreed that um, McNair's comment was wrong and ridiculous, he also thought that Draymond Green should apologize for um, trying to create some connotation that owning equity in a company is the equivalent of owning people. And I, I have to say that um, while obviously Mark Cuban is technically correct, he owns equity in a corporation that has employees, and so mm-hmm. therefore he is a quote-unquote owner, I've always found the term owner for a sports team to be really creepy, uh, you know, and 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 I think it, it all, not only does it create a weird connotation around the people that, that play for your team, especially when we get into things like these contract things, people are kind of almost trapped there, but also I think it, it leads to the kind of wholesale moving of franchises that happens in the U.S. that doesn't happen in Europe. Uh, where you know the teams are much more associated with the city that they're in than, than a specific person who maybe has the money or 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 has the um, the best seats or whatever it is uh-huh. or privileges you get. So I, I I have to say I don't know how you feel about this, sir, but I agree with Draymond Green. Let's retire the word owner for sports teams. <clears throat> you know I I completely see your point, and I wouldn't say anything like that. I disagree with you. It's just to me like a kind of a semantic thing. I sure. I think. Uh, I think there are a lot of owners in sports that obviously have really, really poor attitudes. Um, and I think uh, a poor attitude is like a huge understatement. They just have the complete wrong worldview when it comes to the relationship between the people that they employ and pay money to to, to perform a service, you know. Um, yeah, you know, I wish every team was like the Green Bay Packers and it was just owned by the the city collectively um yeah. you know it's it's a it's a weird uh it's a weird thing in sports that we have these these billionaires that we don't really think about a lot of the time who are just making so much money um and in some cases are just so reprehensible you know there are so many guys that own teams in all of professional sports that are just complete scumbags um yeah, as it turns out, if the only litmus test for quality is how much money you have, you end up with really poor quality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the, the the European model is is so much better, but you know, obviously that uh, isn't going to change anytime soon in the U.S. So I think that w- when when you get into it, you know, a lot of this is semantics, certainly, but I do think that the power of language is that when we when we use certain words, even though we if we think about it, we realize that it's only a semantic difference. It does have 
um, it sort of leads to natural attitudes on things. And I think that one of the issues where these owners act like they, you know, that they're the only people that matter comes from that thinking of it being a, an ownership instead of thinking as it being almost like a civic duty or, uh, you know, or some sort of thing. I mean, back in the day, you know, obviously the numbers were smaller, but I think that the people who owned the sports teams thought of it more as, you know, I want the team to stay here or I want it to have fun and it's a cool thing to, to be a part of. But nowadays it's really, a, it really is a, just a business for, for a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's, um, you know, the continuing businessization of everything is, is not necessarily a good thing. And especially when we're dealing with, you know, the fact that most of the owners are not black most of the players are black you know it 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 creates semantics end up you know if everyone kind of minds their p's and q's it can it can go a long way to kind of like smoothing things around but i I think in this day and age semantics do matter um and yeah yeah, i apologize for personally like i don't really get too wrapped up in that stuff but you're absolutely that's okay yeah um i i think you're absolutely right uh and it would be nice to see that change, but, you know, we can advocate it all we want. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, not going to happen anytime soon. Anyway. I think we're, <laughs> in the mi- we're in the middle of a long, long process. And long we'll see what happens. Process. But I like, I, I like Draymond Green stepping out, and I also like the fact that the uh, – that the speaking out, excuse me. I like the fact that the NBA, unlike the NFL, is a league where players feel empowered um, and, in fact, in many cases feel required to speak out on topics that uh, matter to them. And I think that's a good thing. You know, I think this is a nice segue into another thing I wanted to talk about, which was the uh, recently released ESPN social media guideline policy. Did you see this? Oh, I didn't see that. No, I did not. Oh my gosh! Um, I put I put a link in our our Google Doc, uh, but I think I put it up there like late last night. It's worth looking at, and um, yeah, I don't want to go over every single point because it's like a three page document, but there's. Two aspects of it that are really interesting, and the one that's kind of connected to what we're talking about is they're basically, through this new social media policy, telling all their employees to not be too political. This is obviously a response to the uh, the Jamil Hill uh, controversy from a few months ago, where she was highly critical of President Trump and accused him of being a racist and indifferent to the blight, plight of uh you know, the, the black population in America, which mm-hmm. I think many reasonable people would say is not an unfair accusation. And I think even, you know, people that have a low degree of sympathy could understand why any person would say something like that out of frustration. It's uh, It's been a crazy, crazy uh, year, or not even year, it's been, it's been, there's a lot going on, and uh, you know <laughs> that that was something that upset a lot of uh, a lot of her colleagues, and certainly a lot of uh, ESPN uh, customers or patrons. I don't. What do you call someone who they're not a customer, but for the most part, because they're not actually buying stuff from ESPN? I think they're called subscribers, or, or um, the people who watch ESPN. Uh, I think they're called subscribers. I just saw a story about ESPN losing a lot of them. Uh, 30% over the last maybe decade. And I think I, they're called subscribers. We'll call them that. Um, sure. They're, they're obviously trying to stave off the, the loss of, uh, of subscribers that they're having right now, you know? Um, and it's interesting if you look at what the, the direction of sports coverage and kind of the, the websites and outlets that are growing, it's all kind of personality based, right? You have, mm-hmm. 
a lot of websites that really kind of uh, uh, showcase their writers and the podcasts um, are kind of a combination of, of sports analysis with the personality of the, uh, of the person who's doing the analysis. And I, I think that's, you know, that's cool. That's what people like right now, you know. Um, that's part of the reason why uh, Bill Simmons is so successful, you know. People like his personality, you know, not just his takes, but they kind of feel like he's almost like a friend, you know. They like his sense of humor and, and all that stuff. Um, and ESPN kind of trying to regulate their employees to show less personality by being less... <laughs> political is is just seems like a really short-sighted uh and and really foolish uh mandate what what do you think of this well i mean it seems tied into me to the layoffs they did uh, a few months ago where you know, they got rid of quite a few sort of notable personalities mm-hmm. uh and they don't have a lot of uh top tier names left and and i think that that's largely a money issue for them where you know as they lost that 30% of their viewing base or whatever the word actually is. Um, they, you know, they're still so far commanding the same, uh, subscriber fees from the cable companies, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, the NFL, uh, uh, rights are up for bid in a year or so and, and maybe less. And, and there's a lot of, uh, rumor that deep, uh, pocketed tech companies are going to outbid ESPN who, uh, are already paying an obscene amount of money, like in the billions per year to the NFL, mm-hmm. and maybe can't continue to, to to justify that. But then if they lose it, what do they really have? So much of their content, it isn't just the games, it's all the shows that they have leading up to and after and all this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would say that ESPN feels like a company uh, whose sun is setting rather than rising. Um, and they don't really have anyone, and even the people that they do have, uh, they are, you know, as you said, censoring and 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 um uh uh benching and uh, uh putting on suspension and things like that for for having a personality and for being outspoken and especially you know uh right now i think that that's uh probably a mistake i mean i i it's maybe they're gross. going for sort of it's it's for sure 100 percent. it's gross um i i do not support it personally and i think that it is uh a really cowardly move i wonder if they're trying to sort of be like a town square where you know if they're trying to be like a, you don't talk politics or religion with your neighbors because you know you live in an area where people might not agree with you and you want to don't want to offend and you don't want to whatever whatever i mean there there are communities where it's sort of the rule of thumb uh to not talk about these controversial subjects that's not the way i grew up that's not the way mm-hmm. my family or my family's friends worked we, we talked about things um but i think uh, some people don't and maybe they're trying to be that sort of inoffensive place for everyone but they're not their quality levels not at that point and uh um and, and again yeah th- if that's the case what the hell is Stephen a smith still doing there you know what I mean? like <laughs> well he talks about really kind of like milk toast controversies yeah. and he acts sounds like you're a really loud, big right? deal. he's like a jason whitlock but even less uh interesting although he was um pretty critical of jr smith for wearing a hoodie saying that he was trying to evoke uh travion martin and you know i don't even want to go there but I thought that was one of the stupidest things I'd ever heard, and I could not believe. I mean, he's since walked it back and, and all this stuff. Um, I, I don't really want to deep dive into those extremely uh, poorly considered comments. But, uh, yeah, I, I 
the stuff with ESPN right now reminds me a lot. Uh, let me just quickly tell you the other aspect of the uh, social sure, media please, policy, yeah, which I think is sure. really interesting. It's basically they don't want people breaking stories on Twitter anymore. So sure, yeah. So like you know, this is the way that news happens now. Woj bombs and and people on Twitter, kind of that's that's the first spot where you get the story, and then the analysis and the deep diving comes later. You know. Right. It's just the way that uh, sports coverage has evolved and a lot of, you know, news. That's just how people hear it. And the way ESPN is acting right now reminds me a lot of the way that the music industry acted in the late 2000s. where <laughs> The world was changing around them. And rather than evolve, they tried to do all these things to kind of strong arm their customer base and their, uh, you know, business partners, employees, whatever you want to call it. They tried to kind of strong arm everyone to, to keep things the same you know they felt that like they could just hold the wall and 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 stop the changing tide and we all know what happened there you know espn reminds me a lot of of that um that whole kind of history i just don't know yeah, what they're, they're doing that well they're like the viking king who you know led his people down to the water and commanded the the tides to go out and show them that they didn't you know mm-hmm. uh i mean i think that they i think you're absolutely right i think that they can see that their business model is falling apart and they're trying to maintain it. Uh, but they're trying to maintain it at the expense of any possible growth. You know, they'll, they'll continue to insulate themselves and they'll hold on to the, what they have for a while. Uh, ultimately that'll fall apart too, but they'll, they're not going to move forward. And I mean, you know, personally, I, I sort of like the idea. I wish we could return to a, a, a simpler, you know, maybe pre Twitter time, but it's, it's not going to happen. So, they they're definitely setting themselves up for a continued irrelevance, continued failure. Um, they have money. They they bought Wodge, you know. I mean, they're owned by Disney, me. for God's sake. Yeah, they have they have endless money. They've got their you know got they've got Guardians of the Galaxy money <laughs> sitting around, you know. But <laughs> but I don't know that they have the 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 nimbleness. I mean, maybe the problem is that they're owned by Disney. I don't know that they have the you know they 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 were given some pretty clear directive by their corporate overlords that that they needed to be more profitable than they were and i think that that's just really hard right now you know and i don't know that anyone has an answer but i do think that you're right that trying to force your customers to go backwards in time is a tough sledding as they say and i uh, i don't i don't see it as a successful strategy but you know best of luck whether you're a person or a corporation you can't grow by pretending <clears throat> that the world isn't changing around you and that's yeah. what espn is doing right now and uh yeah well i think you're right i think they'll either you know they'll fire somebody and bring someone in with new vision who's actually going to try to adapt to the times or they're just going to kind of keep shrinking and making all these really weird policy decisions that make them look really bad and <clears throat> alienate people like you and me yeah, so I we'll think that that's happens. certainly going to keep happening. Yeah, that might be a good place. You know, our our short episode is still a half hour, so that might be a good place to, to go so that I can keep driving. Okay, yeah, but, you got somewhere uh... to go. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Not really, I mean, in a sense. Yeah. But, uh, uh, we'll, we'll have an episode next week. We'll have a hopefully a longer episode next week, and hopefully the sound will be a little better. We're still figuring it out. I'm recording in a new room because uh, I felt like that was affecting my sound, and uh, I can kind of tell as we're recording this, that the sound is still not great. Um, and I do apologize. Um, but you know, we'll yeah, and I'm going to sound or I'm going to sound awful because I'm talking on, you know, Apple headphones into a phone, but we'll, uh, 
or if your we'll voice getting is this... music to my ears in ah, any you're circumstance. So, you're so sweet. So <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be traveling for, you know, basically the next month. So we're going to, well, most of the episodes are going to be, you know, like this. But we're going to keep working on it, and we just appreciate everyone uh, tuning in, and uh, we'll, we'll just keep trying to get better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys uh, have a safe uh, a safe trip. Please thank, thank you. and apologize to your lovely fiancé for allowing <laughs> you to do this because uh, it can't be fun to hear one half of a basketball conversation. <laughs> will do, buddy. Right, and I will, I will talk to you later. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone, okay. for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye.